Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another great segment right here on The Connection on WTIC News Talk 1080. I'm Ann Baldwin, President and CEO of Baldwin Media. And I'm Lisa DeMattis Lapore, CEO and President of The Connection. Why am I President and CEO and you're CEO and President? Who's got that backwards? Uh, Me? I don't know. Maybe. I don't either. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the same title, but you've got a bigger job than I do. So, and I Not really, necessarily. And I really admire that. Thank you. So, um, you know, it's just, here we are, wintertime. We're getting into the doldrums of winter, but I got to tell you, you know, what's the big deal? I'm just so tired of all these, you know, weather people freaking everybody out, businesses. I we mean, do. I mean, we do live in Connecticut. We do. Hello. I know. And, uh, you know, I was just at the hairdresser, and it's not even snowing yet, and everybody's canceling their hair appointments. If you want your hair done, do it on a snow day because uh, everybody's canceling. We get freaked out. But anyway, uh, enough about that. I just want to um, thank our guest for coming in studio today. I'm so excited uh, we are about excited. our guest. We've got um, State Senator Matt Lesser here. And uh, Matt is what he calls an American politician <laughs> representing the city <laughs> of Middletown. American politician as opposed to what, Matt? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just wrote that, right? Uh, some foreign interloper. I don't know. Yeah. yeah so congratulations. Yes, congratulations. What's I'm that feel so like? so excited for you and for us. Yeah. Well, it's a uh, new job, kind of the same as the old job. Um, I was a state representative before, just right. got elected to the state Senate, and uh, a lot of the same work, but uh, five times as many constituents. So it's an opportunity to get to know a lot of new people and uh, get around a lot more and uh, hopefully have a little more influence over policymaking. I'm excited about that. So what is your connection to the connection? I heard you've got a story. Uh, yeah, so I actually, when I was... Uh, back in, and back in college and, and afterwards, and when I was actually first running for the legislature, um, I, uh, I lived uh, as a tenant uh, in the house of uh, the Connections uh, co-founder, uh, Kachin Coley. Uh, Kachin. And, uh, uh She was one of the, uh, real one-of-the-kind uh, uh, activist uh, leader in, in Middletown, and uh, I, I will miss her uh, tremendously. She's uh, uh, quite a character. Yes, yeah, she was. May she rest in peace. And she was definitely one of a kind lady um, who really started the connection and had an idea about helping uh, young men with substance abuse issues that needed to be in a program. And she was at one time had them locked in her house and realized that that wasn't working. That's a true story. Wow. And that's how we opened our first flagship program, The Connection. And she was uh, um, on our board until 
she um, passed away and and but I, she was always a role model to me Matt and always supportive of the connection and the work that I know I did when I came aboard 27 years ago and opening uh, women's programming for the connection so I like the fact that we have this connection together but um, and on, a, on a larger scope um, Matt I want to publicly um, thank you for all the great work that you've done in Connecticut. Um, you've always been a really supporter of um, citizens in need and the work that we do. And so to see you get um, elected into this bigger role is great for Connecticut. So tell us a little bit about what your plans are and what you're looking forward in um, working on. Well, I think the uh, first of all, I, I think that is so important, that making sure that no matter what we do, no matter how many tough budgets we go through, that we can't forget, uh, at least among us, that the purpose of government to a large extent is to uh, work with, with our friends in the nonprofit community and, and uh, other stakeholders to make sure that uh, we're taking care of one another in the state. That's what Thank you. Uh, Connecticut has always been about. Um, I'm excited to, to do what I can in the next year uh, in my time in the Senate to try to rebuild the middle class in the state. You know, I've seen uh, too many people falling behind. Mm -hmm. uh, um, a lot of folks who were uh, in it have been f fallen out uh, and are really struggling right now. And so uh, I think what we're, what we're going to be looking to do in the a year ahead is is to find ways to raise wages, uh, to make sure that everyone has access to health care, uh, to make sure that families uh, who need it have access to earned family medical leave, make sure that the cost of college uh, doesn't keep people out of the middle class. So uh, things that I think bread and butter economic issues that are really beating down on folks, I want, I'm, I'm sensitive to, I heard it from so many people uh, at the doors, just going door to door meeting people. Um, and so I'm going to be really focused on, on what we can do to, to help uh, make things a little bit easier. Uh, for families that are struggling out there. I think uh, wonderful. I might have to switch over to being a Democrat. I like what you had to say. <laughs> well, we got, we'll got we get a registration form uh, right over <laughs> there. No, I don't know if I want to go that far, but <laughs> anyway, I, I know, you know, and that's the way it should be. It should be nonpartisan. I mean, we should all care about these issues. We should all work together, but we know that that doesn't always work. So, um, you know, and you talk about such, you know, such huge issues. I mean, I consider myself middle class and, you know, self-employed, um, and insurance, are you kidding me? You know, huge premiums with huge de deductibles. Um, and so I'm hoping that can be fixed, I really do. Do you think at a state level, Matt, that it, it can? Well, we know it can be because we don't have to look too far away. Uh, in Massachusetts, for example, they've, they've enacted policies on a bipartisan basis, actually under starting under Governor Romney uh, a few years ago, uh, that have really resulted in much lower health care costs. And so um, if we had done what they did, uh, we would be paying, I think, on average, like about $3,000 less for health wow. insurance in Connecticut. So I think there's a lot that we can do. I think states can really lead on this. And, and it really is affecting families. I, and I was going door to door in Newington a couple of weeks ago. Um, and uh, I think at every single door uh, this entire day, people were talking to me about the cost of health care. And that they were, these were Democrats, these were Republicans, mm -hmm. it was really everybody. Uh, and, and I think we got to find ways to address that uh, because, you know, it's hard to think about anything else when you're, when you really uh, focus on, on, on health insurance. So, Matt, I want to ask, and if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with um, Matt Lesser, and he is uh, recently appointed as a state senator in what district? It's the ninth district. That's ninth Middle district. Middletown, Cromwell, Rocky Hill, Newington, and Weathersfield. So it's, you know, we're just off, you know, fairly off the election. Thank goodness those ads are not running anymore. But um, what are your feelings, and then we'll get into some of the other issues that you're passionate about, but what are your feelings of, you know, the makeup of what we're going to be dealing, out, dealing with up at, I call it the big house, <laughs> which some people refer to as a prison, but I call the capital the big house. I mean, how do you think things are going to flush out? 
Well, they're going to change it in a, in a few different ways. One, we're going to have a new administration. We're going to have Governor uh, Lamont, and we're going to be able to see what uh, his priorities are, and he's going to have uh, an awful lot to do with uh, what the agenda is. Uh, but we also have a very different legislature. The, the Democrats picked up a lot of seats uh, in November, and I think that uh, changes things. The, there was a very strange dynamic for the last two years where there was an 18-18 split uh, in the state Senate, 18 Democrats and 18 Republicans. And I think you saw a lot of gridlock uh, there. And mm -hmm. uh, one way or the other, it was uh, very hard to make decisions when you had uh, an equal number of representatives or senators and, and you needed everybody in the room. Um, and so I think this also puts a lot of pressure. Uh, I'm a Democrat, and this puts a lot of pressure on the Democratic Party, I think, uh, to step up. Uh, we're not going to be able to put... Um, <laughs> You know, to, to blame anybody else for for anything if it goes wrong. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure uh, on on the Democratic Party to to lead in the next year. Um, I hope we're up to the challenge, and uh, we'll see. Um, and then, of course, uh, as as always in Connecticut, uh, we we seem to be facing. Um, a, uh, a bit of a budget deficit. Uh, it's uh, significantly less than uh, we thought uh, a few months ago. Things have improved with the economy, but uh, that's going to take some tough choices as well. One of the other things that you're passionate about is uh, trying to do what you can to end homelessness among our veterans. Um, whether it's housing, you know, um, there's so much state property out there available. So that's another one of your focuses as well. And our veterans, I no. mean, God bless them, you know, and you just see so many people, you know, that are so destitute um, for whatever they've been through or whatever situation they're in. So what are your plans for that? Well, you know, I think uh, there, are, there are a lot of things I can uh, uh, give uh, Governor Malloy grief for, but one of the things I think he really prioritized that I appreciate was uh, ending homelessness and his uh, support yes. for that, I think, uh, has not gotten enough attention. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the fact that we live in a country where if, I don't think anybody should be homeless, but if there's uh, the fact that there are there are people who have served our country in time of war who have uh, given everything to this country and our freedom uh, who are who are uh, suffering and are and are out uh, destitute, um, I think is inexcusable. So I uh, agree. Uh, you know, Connecticut uh, has really been at the forefront of working to make sure that, that all veterans have access to, to housing. In, in Middletown, um, I was able to write a, a law uh, taking um, a former transitional housing uh, center uh, that had been vacant uh, and, and really repurposing it to provide permanent supportive housing uh, for homeless veterans. We've got uh, a bunch of units that are going to be coming online very soon uh, to do our part to make sure that we're, we're uh, housing the homeless uh, in, the, in the veteran community. Thank you. Uh, but there is so much more that we can do, and, and I know that the Connection is, is really interested in that as well. We're extremely interested in that because we see veterans coming in and, our, in and out of our programs that are really destitute and really need uh, not, uh, not only housing, of course, you know, Matt, that's huge. That's number one. But in addition to that is uh, wraparound case management services because mm -hmm. they've been through so much. And so any way that we can help you um, as we look towards this in, in the state of Connecticut, we will be there to support you and um, to work on this together. But I do I do see families, single mom, you know, I see moms, not just men. I mean, I'm seeing women, too, that are coming back and that have PTSD and have some severe issues and um, need support. And, and, you know, to know that we're working on that, I think, is, is important. And their access to medical care. I mean, good medical care. Yes. I mean, I've got a friend of mine who had some surgery done at the VA, and he, I mean, he's dying now. I mean, so that's the other thing, is giving them access to the services that they deserve, not, you know, waiting, like we see in the movies, right? 
having to wait and then, you know, getting passed along. So I think everything goes hand in hand, right? If you meet people, whether it's veterans, whether it's people coming out of incarceration, whether it's single moms and dads, if you meet them where they are, then you can provide them with what they need. So Senator Lesser, um, with that said, um, and it's improving the community. And if we can do, if the connection can keep doing the services that they're doing, and you can keep focusing on the initiatives to move them forward, not only does Middletown and your and your constituents, do they benefit? But hopefully this trickles out across the of state. It does. People got to start looking at towns like Middletown and the, what people are doing there, and maybe they can figure it out. Yeah, and I think Middletown, w you know, one of the things that we do, I think, that's unusual is that the, the collaboration that we've had yes. with, uh, with the uh, nonprofit sector, but also with our businesses that really see the interest in lifting people up and making sure. Agreed. Uh, you know, we've got Middlesex Hospital that has realized that if, if we can reduce uh, the number of people on the streets, they're going to save money and they're not going to have as many emergency room visits. It's going to make the whole community stronger. And that's, right. and that's why it's such a great, it's so great to see the partnerships that we've been able to establish. Environmental issues. So you're going to meet with the feds. What's yep. your message? Well, I, you know, I think we've got a very narrow window of time to deal with this issue of, of climate change. Um, I am uh, uh, really looking for uh, things that we can do to, to help uh, uh, lead on the state level. I think right now there's probably not a lot that's going to happen on the federal level, but, but states like California have really been at the forefront uh, of addressing uh, uh, some of the greatest threats to uh, uh, our, our, our planet. And I think that um, if, if we're going to do stuff, it's, it should be at the state level. Um, I don't know yet uh, what my job is going to be in the next legislative session. That's up to the president of the Senate. Uh, I'm certainly interested in, in uh, health care and uh, economic security issues, as we talked about before, but also very much interested in the environment as well. Yeah, and I hope you get on those committees because it's what you have a passion for. So to get on a committee where you have a passion and knowledge and background and I mean, that just makes sense to me. So who's ever listening, make sure that uh, the senator gets on those committees, please. Okay, that's a direct ask. <laughs> um, what do you think about the state of transportation right now in Connecticut? You know, fast track. Uh, I tell you, when I, and this is just me, every time I see a fast track, I'll go, oh, two people on that one. Oh, nobody on that one. And sometimes it's like a double one. Um, so anyway, I, that's what I see. But is it working? Or I mean, I would think we still got to keep going on transportation. Well, you know, I, I, uh, I, uh, it, the fast track runs now through my a portion of my district, through uh, the town of Newington, and uh, I understand there are a lot of people who actually uh, take it. In fact, one of the problems I'm hearing from people in Newington uh, is that there's not enough parking, that they keep going there in the mornings and all mm. the spaces are taken up. But, um, you know, I think in the middle of the day, probably fewer uh, people are commuting in the middle of the day, but uh, in the morning, I think a lot of people are. L the, we need to do a lot to, uh, to to invest in transportation in Connecticut. Uh, you know, one of the big problems that we face as a state, you know, as a growing, as an aging state, uh, is that we're just having trouble keeping young people here. And young people are going to places that uh, are dealing with things like the cost of college. You know, New York just made college free for uh, a big chunk of the middle class. And I Rhode know. It's uh, awesome. Yeah, Rhode Island did as, as, as well, and I'm afraid we're going to lose our young people if we don't figure out things like housing right, and transportation and, mm -hmm. and, and college affordability. So, right. um, you know, a lot of young people don't want to have a car, and uh, it's awfully tough to live in, in most of Connecticut if it you don't is. have a car. Right. I know. You know, both of my kids, I've got a daughter in Texas, and I've got a son in Florida. And, you know, they're like, Mom, you know, it's kind of like some of the political ads that we saw. You know, I'm getting the hell out of here, you know. and It they, bothers they, me when I see that. When you say, I know, but I you don't want to see those ads. I don't want to see those ads either. But the reality is, you're right. You've got to make it more modern. I mean, again, in my editorial comment, 
the city of Hartford. Who in the hell wants to go there? It costs you more to park than it does to grab lunch. You know, it's like a ghost town. People are leaving there at night. Why can't we get out of our own way? Why can't more cities in Connecticut be like Middletown? I think you're the best example right now of a thriving, growing city with all those wraparound services. And not just for people in need, but, you know, people that aren't. People that are just looking for jobs and vibrance and... Well, I think Hartford is coming along. I think th I think you know it's uh, it needs some work. There's certainly the I-84 going right through the middle of it is 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 tough, uh, but I you know they are building a lot of housing. People are moving downtown. Uh, I don't know if it's moving quite fast enough, but you know for those of us who live in the greater Hartford region, you know we can't succeed as a region if we, if Hartford doesn't succeed. You're We're right. tied to You're it, right. and uh, that's why it's so important to find ways to make Hartford uh, do well. But you yeah, know, I hear you. Yeah. And then the other thing is the jobs, right? So you talk about keeping young people here, making sure, you know, it's not just getting a job. It's got to be the education leading up to that job, right? So there's got to be more high tech training. There's got to be more manufacturing. There's got to be, you know, getting these young people involved and invested, knowing that maybe they won't leave if they know that, you know, a, you know, Pratt Whitney's going to hire them or, you know, maybe they can get a job, you know, with, with some of the Amazon companies, I mean, there's there are opportunities, but you got to be ready for those too. Right now, no, job skills. Uh, job skills—that's the word I was looking for. So is so critical, and you know, we've got uh, for the longest time, Pratt and all these other major employers, Electric Boat, they weren't mm -hmm. hiring, and now I they know. and now they're desperate they are. to hire folks, and so getting people into those pipelines mm -hmm. is is critical, and uh, you know, just just making sure that we. Uh, uh, that we're we're keeping those apprenticeship programs going, the the Votech the Votech schools. I think we're we're too long neglected. Our community colleges. That's that's one of the things I think is so important about making, uh, keeping community college affordable is making sure that people uh, know that they can get a great job if they go there. They, uh, right. You don't have to go to a uh, a fancy uh, school with slick marketing. You can get a you can get a great job right out of community college. Mm -hmm. And t and the tech schools. You know, you've got the Porter and Chester Institutes. You've got those kind of folks where, um, you know, I just see how how well-trained they are. And because, you know, higher education isn't for everybody. And not everybody can afford it, whether you're, whether you're middle class or not. I mean, it's a stretch. I know my son, he's 30, and I think he just got his student loans paid off. But I still get phone calls for me to pay off my student loans. You get those phone calls? Do you want to pay off your student loans? My 85-year-old father gets those calls. <laughs> Do you want to pay off your student loans? I mean... Yeah, well, those are uh, the uh, well that I think I think I think those are scams. They uh, are scams. But, uh, they are. But no, I I mean I've been I've been I wrote something called the Student Loan Bill of Rights, uh, regulating the the student loan industry. We're the first uh, state to, uh, to do that in the country, and now other states are copying us. But it's the reason the reason they're doing that is because there's you know 1.4 trillion dollars in student debt out there, and I Connecticut know. has uh, just about the highest debt load uh, per capita in the country. Um, people who have that kind of debt can't start businesses, can't buy houses, can't yeah. start families. They're I starting know. families mm -hmm. later in life. Um, I think that's going to be a real problem for the economy if we don't get our, our arms around it. So, you know, really quickly, we're starting, my son is um, 16 and he's a junior in Immaculate High School in Danbury and we're looking at colleges and we've been, you know, we've looked at um, several in Connecticut um, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, um, and you know he's an honor student. Just got accepted to the honor society, so I'm excited Yay! about that. Congratulations! Thank you. Congratulations, Nico. So, yeah. So, but we're looking at tuition, and I think I'm a little bit shell shocked right now. Um, but again, you know, um, we talked about loans and how that's going to work, and you know, and he's thinking about that, and what kind of job will I get, and how can I pay that off, and you know, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But I really would love to keep him in Connecticut. 
I don't really want him to go out of state, go to an out-of-state school for, you know, several reasons. Selfish reasons. Well, part of it is that. Let him go. Let him fly. Part of it is that, but part of it, part of it is I think I, I want to, you know, I want to hear my son and his friends talk about why they like Connecticut and not be so fast to leave. Well, and right, you're right there uh, in Danbury. You're right on the line, right? And you, we ha that, that is where we have to step up to compete against uh, yeah. those great folks in New York State. We got to show that Connecticut is a better place to live, that we could have a top quality of life, that we can make our cities succeed. Uh, and then you don't have to go to broke. You don't have to go broke uh, getting exactly. education here. Exactly. If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with uh, State Senator Matt Lesser, and um, he has just um, been elected to the Senate um, and spent several years in the House of Representatives. Um, this is now your sixth term in office. Sixth term in office. This will but be my first, first term. Yes, as um, as senator. So I'm doing the math and I'm sitting here looking at you. And I'm going to ask a personal question. So how old were you when you first got elected to office? Well, uh, I was elected to local office in Middleton at the age of 24. Uh, what? And elected to the state legislature at the age of 25. Uh, so I'm That's now, amazing. now been serving for 10 years. If you do the math, I think that means I'm 35. Wow. What an accomplishment. That is. You're that's so fantastic. And you're so passionate about it. You know, I mean, I got to tell you, I've, I talked to a lot of politicians on different subjects, but, you know, you're, do, you're making a difference. You're, you really do believe in what, what it is that you're, you're talking about. And you're, you're paying your dues, right? You started a local office and you've moved your way in, you know, that whole learning curve. And, you know, it, like in any business, I would assume, the more experience you get, the more effective you can be as you move forward. So what are your political aspirations eventually? I, I, at this point, I just trying to get my hand or I'm, I'm drowning and, and trying to learn a whole bunch of new things and uh, meet a whole bunch of new people. So I'm focused on being a state senator. That's what I want to do. Do you have a job besides Exciting. that? Uh, no, I, I, I walk my dog, I uh, mow the lawn, and uh, I'm, very, I'm very lucky. My, my, my wife, Sarah, is, a, is an attorney, and, and we're able to make this work. But uh, no, I, I focus full-time on, on serving the people of the 9th District. How can people reach out to you? Or, you know, it's probably better, though, to, for you to wait to see what committees you get on. But you sound like you're one of those guys that would rather hear from people themselves. Ben. But, you know, there's also a lot of lobbying pressure, right? Up, oh, at, sure. up, at the, yeah. up at the big house. Um, do you listen to that stuff? You do. Uh, you know, people hire lobbyists oftentimes because they, they know something about the issue. And so it's sometimes good to, to, to you know, to find an expert. And sometimes these, these folks are. But, but yeah, no, I think it's always better to hear from constituents, from people who are out there in the real world, uh, who uh, are just uh, breathing uh, in the air to the Capitol every minute, but, but have some real world exper expertise. And so uh, that's why I love hearing from constituents. Uh, you know, most of the bills that I introduced, most of the legislation I passed, is because I ran into somebody at the stop and shop uh, who just told me about a problem. And I, uh, I said, that sounded good. I did some research and I wound up introducing a bill. That's amazing. It. Yeah, that's what's so great about you, Senator, is your passion for, for really for the citizens and what the issues are. And you're very passionate you and you can tell that you I mean you really do care about what goes on in Connecticut and it's it's so evident to me and I'm just so grateful for that because you've been um, not only a supporter of the connection but I've seen you at so many meetings and you really are personable and you re and you do and you do care and so I am very supportive of, of I've been supportive of your campaign and your future and I'm excited to work by your side to work on these issues that we've talked about today so thank you so much well thank you and you took the time to come in here to our studio and do this show it's fantastic. 
Nancy. Senator. This is not senator our, in the so, House. So I think this is our first senator it in the is. House. Oh, we got to go to my head very soon. <laughs> Whoa, we're going to take a picture. Yes, we are. Hey, one of the things that this is for my own selfish reasons that I've been working on is to expand the de bottle deposit on, mm. on and ex expand it to include other beverages other than water bottles and two ten cents. Do you, is that what do you think about that? Yeah, I know. I think I think anything we can do to reduce uh, to reduce pollution and uh, you know just uh, litter, I think is is great. I, I've supported the bottle bill for for the, for a long time. Um, we have to figure out what we're going to do to keep our redemption centers afloat. They're all hurting right Too now. Too late. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many have closed down. It's just amazing. Well, because they're they're not getting their reimbursements, or they're being questioned by some of the big like Coke about these numbers can't be real. I mean, I know I'm, I'm a little too deep in it because I was heavily involved in it, but yeah, I mean, these redemption centers, and these are redemption centers that hire people that might have a disability or might have some sort of a mental issue, and then a lot of the money goes back to charities and support local programs from Girl Scouts to you name it, and they're just, they're shutting their doors because they can't, they can't afford it. So maybe it's time to modernize it. I, I think that may be on the uh, agenda for next Okay, get on that environment committee and we'll talk. <laughs> 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 on it. <laughs> All right. So what are your other passions? Um, what, what do you think that our listeners don't know about you other than the political stuff? Ooh, well, I, I you know, I... I, I I'm certainly interested in, in public policy, but um, my big my big interest is food. And so one of the things ah. that I did this summer when I was uh, uh, campaigning in this fall was I started going on an ice cream tour of the Ninth Senate District, going to every single uh, ice cream uh, <laughs> a parlor and stand I could find. And uh, uh, I ha I, I, I'm going to get in trouble if I start listing off favorites, but I, uh, I it was. Uh, uh, one of the treats after spending a whole day knocking doors was to go out and try the, you know, the ice cream in Rocky Hill and Newington. And don't Cromwell. don't think you're going to get off without. You had to have a favorite. Well, I think the Cromwell Creamery is terrific, uh, but there's some other one. There's some other great ones too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep out of All trouble. Right. Well, we uh, have Dairy Cream in Windsor, mm -hmm. um, up near the airport, and that is my favorite. Oh my gosh! Thank goodness they closed for the season because I probably gained 20 pounds. I mean, but what a cool thing to just, you know. Use, you I like that. And you talk about food. You're living in the right place. Middletown. Amazing, the restaurants they have downtown. But we have some great restaurants oh, in Connecticut. Man. I don't, I don't, we don't. You're there every night. I see on Facebook. Oh, I'm, out, but I'm eating at this restaurant. I'm having this at this restaurant. Like, I do love, you ever cook? I do cook. My husband and I both cook, but there's wonderful restaurants in Connecticut. You don't have to go to New York City, folks. Stay in your support Connecticut restaurants because we have great, to the smallest little restaurants, family owned to larger restaurants, amazing. We really do. We don't have, and my husband's from the city. We, we're like a hop, skip, and a jump. We don't. We, we stay in Connecticut. I mean, I see him as, you know, he's a wine guy, restaurant tour. You know, this is things that, this is, was his career, right? Mm -hmm. In New York City, um, dealing with wine and spirits. And we have, and he's like, we don't need, you know, we love New York, but we love Connecticut. So it's fun to, you know, go into all these different cities. and. Yeah, I think that's one of the things is we have to rebuild the passion and the mission of Connecticut. You know, keeping, what is it, revolutionary? I mean, who in the hell came up with that? thing i mean connecticut still revolutionary yeah i want to go there because the revolution war and revolutionary is about from what the 1800s i don't know matt you're the historian you know 
researcher. I mean, come on. It's got to start. Well, you've got to market this place. You've got you've to sell its attributes. And then with that, I think everything will kind of fall in place. I think that's right. There's so much here. This is a great state. It's the it best is. place in the country to raise a family. And the food is phenomenal. What else do you want? The food yeah. is great. Uh, yeah. And Matt hit on a great spot. Uh, it's a great place to raise a family. I mean, if I had to choose any other state, and I'm from Colorado, and my kids were raised here, and especially now with legalization of marijuana, mm -hmm. Or Colorado is ruined. It's ruined. I mean, property values, crime. Um, it's just I can't even tell you what a train. I'm wreck. happy to be raising my my son. Oh, absolutely. It's Very just happy. Good values, good education, um, and that's that's what builds a foundation for success, right? So I, I think that's that's really really important. All right, we just got about a minute left. So this is your big opportunity. If there's anything you didn't talk about that you want to mention. Well, I, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be, we have a lot to do in the year ahead. It's going to take a lot of work uh, on my part, but I also want to be accessible to folks. So uh, I would just really encourage your listeners, if there are issues that you think the legislature needs to tackle, obviously contact your uh, your legislators. A, a lot of us, you know, you think of us being up on some sort of pedestal or something. Mm -hmm. I, believe me, we're not. Um, if we hear about an issue from just even two or three uh, constituents, oftentimes that'll be enough to get it onto our agenda. So please reach out. Um, you can find me on social media, my website, email me, call me, send me a telegram, uh, whatever, whatever <laughs> works. But Speaking um, of revolutionary. The one thing I'm not very good at is reading minds. So um, hey. that's why I need to hear that's from people awesome. directly. That is fantastic. And it's good to hear that because you, you do. You know, you think, oh, they're not approachable or I'm intimidated by your, the position that you have. But um, that's a great invitation and people should take advantage of it. Uh, definitely. Because things don't change if you don't voice your opinion, right? Especially when, when you have a senator offering to say he wants to hear about what our thoughts are and what we're concerned about and he wants to take the time to, the time to listen. You don't hear that message all the time. So no, you don't. That's a rarity. So thank you. Thank you so much. Again, we want to uh, thank State Senator Matt Lesser for being here in the house. Woohoo! Woo this is a memorable day for all of us. So thank you. This was a really interesting conversation. I really appreciate it. And we want to thank all of our listeners as well for tuning into this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.